0: If I didn't care More than words can say If I didn't care Would I feel this way If this isn't law Then why What makes my head go round and round While my heart stands still If I didn't care Would it be the same? Would my head Yes, awesome. Let's all stand together. Welcome to Celebration Church. Uh, As our campus joins with us down in the Fox Valley, and all those who watch us online, good to have you with us this morning. On this Mother's Day, let's recite together the Apostles' Creed. This is our statement of faith. This is who we are and what we believe at Celebration Church. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the Creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, The Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Good to have you with us this morning. Quick reminder of how we do our offerings uh, you can use the envelopes in front of you on the seat backs uh, to put in any cash or checks. And then on the way out, the ushers will be at the doors and you can place it in their little buckets on the way out. Or a lot of people have gone online and signed up for a recurring giving, which is very helpful. If this is your church, you should really consider doing that. That's making a commitment. Every week we give X amount of dollars, and you just sign up, and it happens automatically, which is very helpful for our budgeting purposes. Or some people use their phones. You can use our Celebration Church app and give from the app at any given time. Uh, this last thursday i was uh, in north carolina uh, was asked to speak for a big gala for the uh, commanding generals and all the kind of stuff for the special forces group out of fort bragg in north carolina it was quite the hoop de do uh, everybody was dressed to kill I all mean, their uniforms and medals everywhere it was like these are seriously decorated commanders and stuff uh, and their wives, all everybody just dressed to kill, and all these traditions, and they're giving toasts. And, uh, and then, uh, then I got a chance to speak to them. I was at a table with, with a, a couple of gentlemen, you know, all decked out, because I don't know what any of these things mean. And uh, uh, we're talking and mentioned something about flying or something. I said, oh, so, so are you a pilot? You know, you know what do you do? And he says, well, I, I'm, in, I'm in charge of all the black, Helicopters everywhere, and I, okay, I'm thinking, is he a mechanic? I, mean, I don't know what he's talking about. So, uh, so a little bit later, some guy comes up to me. He says, "Isn't this cool?" I said, "Yeah." He says, "He says, and you can tell who the generals are. I said, How do you do that? They have stars on their thing." And I look over. And this guy has a star. I'm talking to a one-star general, special forces. Going, so, what, what do you do around here? Go, <laughs> oh, oh, good lord. And there was a three-star general, all these I mean, it was something else. And I just want to thank you for uh, giving me the space to do these kinds of special events for our men and women in special forces and army everywhere. Uh, Today is known as Good Shepherd Sunday. And of course, it combines today with Mother's Day. And happy Mother's Day to all the moms here. And uh, and I'm going to kind of blend the two together, so hang in there with me. But... uh, Good Shepherd Sunday, we're going to look at Psalm 23, very famous Psalm. And I'm going to even read it in the traditional King James version with all the these and the thous and it's and whatever, just because of so many people remember it in that way. Uh, It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth, leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul, and he leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You know, a lot of times we read things real quickly here. Uh, uh, He knows that God is with him, even though he's walking through the valley of the shadow of death. A lot of people, as soon as they start walking through the valley of the shadow of death, or if they're just even in the neighborhood, they freak out, and they're convinced that God is not with them. For they are convinced that if God was with them, there would be no valley of the shadow of death. Nay, nay, I say unto thee: Sometimes we go through really hard times. Sometimes really bad things happen to really good people. No one ever promised that you would not have trouble. The promises, I will be with you in the midst of all your troubles. And that's what the psalmist is writing here. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because because you are with me. He knows this. And it's important to know so he says, I will not fear what the greatest threat to your faith is not trouble. It's fear. Everybody say Fear. Yeah, this is your greatest threat. And what happens a lot of times when people are going through great trouble, they pray, but their prayer is really just freaking out. Okay, you know what I'm talking about? They're crying, oh God, help, and they are terrified. That is your biggest enemy, not your trouble. First thing you need to do is step back, calm down, and stop being afraid. Easier said than done. Sometimes it can take days of just intense focus to calm the fear. Time to pray, maybe to fast, whatever. Even though this trouble is here, get your eye off one of your troubles. It'll be there when you're done. But you've got to learn to calm yourself. Stop being afraid. Again, easier said than done. Doctor says you have cancer, you figure you're going to die, right? Your banker says you're. Going to go bankrupt, the fear, you're going to lose everything. All, all these troubles that come in can be overwhelming. But the first step is to calm yourself because fear cancels faith. You need faith, right? It's faith that gets God's attention, not freaking out. We have a hard time grasping this. There's a, a parable, or a, not a parable, but a story in the Gospels where a lady was very, very sick. And Jesus is in the midst of this throng of people. Everybody's reaching out to him, touching, grabbing, you know, crying, and he's pushing his way through the crowd. And this one lady says to herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know I will be healed. And sure enough, so as he goes by, she reaches out and just touches. And instantly, the Bible says, the power of God touches her and she is healed. Jesus stops and he goes, who touched me? And the disciples are going, hello, (laughs) everybody's touching you. No, no, no. He, somebody touched me and he turns around and he sees this woman and she said, it was me. And he says, you know how great her faith was. What happened in the midst of that? What got God's attention? Crying, yelling, panicking, reaching, grasping, no faith. And in that case, very My shepherd. We read in the Gospel of John, the 10th chapter, Jesus speaking. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. When the wolf attacks, oh, then the wolf attacks and the flock scatters it. The uh, man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me and I know the father. I lay down my life for the sheep. Good shepherd Sunday. What is a shepherd? A shepherd is a person who protects, guides, or watches over a person or a group of people. That is the noun. That is what is a shepherd. It is also used as a verb. To shepherd people means to tend or guard over and watch over carefully these people. Certainly an appropriate concept for Mother's Day because without a doubt, mothers are shepherds. They watch over, they guard, they tend to their little flock, their family, day and night. Spiritual leaders in the church are called pastors. The word pastor comes from the Latin word shepherd. (laughs) So they're basically shepherds. It's our job to guide the flock, to watch over. And it doesn't have to just be the lead pastor. There's lots of pastors in the church who guard and watch over the people, and they care for them because they are called to be shepherds. The disciples were called to be shepherds. After Jesus had raised from the dead, the first thing he says to Peter is, feed my sheep, watch over my sheep. He's supposed to guard and shepherd them. I want to read from, uh, to you from the book of Acts, the ninth chapter, starting at verse 36, a little story of Peter and how he was shepherding the people at the time. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha. In Greek, her name is Dorcas. If you're thinking of a name for your daughter, (laughs) I'd go with Tabitha. One can only imagine the abuse a child would get as has the word dork in it. Anyway, that's Dorcas. Dorcas. Uh, she was always, always doing good. This is a nice lady. Everybody loved this lady. She was doing good and helping the poor. About that time, she became sick and died, and her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. Again, easy to pass over things as we're reading quickly through the scriptures. Uh, the shocking thing here is that she gets sick and dies. We don't know how old she is. All we know is she gets sick. We don't know sick from what. And then she dies. Why is this rather shocking? This is during a time of incredible miracles in the church. They are seeing miracles everywhere. One of the reasons that Christianity spread so quickly is because God was answering people's prayers left and right. People were in a great state of simplicity in their faith. you know, it's harder for us today because we're not so simple and we're surrounded by, you know, uh, you know, the thoughts of this world and our scientific minds and all this kind of stuff. A lot of times we uh, encounter something where we need a miracle, and the whole time your head is yelling, It's not possible. It's not possible. It'll never happen. It'll... You pray anyway, right? But your head is, Well, this is the time people aren't getting that. They don't feel that. Actually, even to this day, Uh, As I hear from uh, people who minister in other countries, very poor countries, very simple countries, it's amazing the display of miracles that they experience. I mean, dramatic stuff that they see, dramatic healings. People who are blind and they come forward for prayer. You know, I pray for like sore elbows and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Blind And then pray for them and instantly they can see. I mean, that is impressive. Why? There's such an attitude of faith. Anything is possible. If there's a God, surely he can fix this. this is there an attitude? It's an attitude we need to foster in our own lives despite the realities around us. And We need to understand God is bigger than all of that. And with him, nothing is impossible. Amen. Yes. So the more you do this, the more likely you have faith. Again, it's faith that gets God's attention. That brings miracles. Not fear, not crying. Panicking doesn't do it. Now, if you are freaking and crying, and you want someone to cry with you, we'll cry with you. Uh, we'll comfort you. No, I'm saying this sincerely. Sometimes you just want to freak out and cry. That's okay. But once we get through that, we need to get to a place of faith because it's faith that moves mountains. And, and by the way, don't get discouraged sometimes, you know, uh, when you feel you are in a place of faith and you don't get the answer to prayer. Why do prayers sometimes not get answered? I don't know. You know, maybe God had a different plan. Or maybe, quite frankly, we lack the faith. Now, I don't know why people are stunned by that. You're saying I didn't have have no faith? You know, like you're criticizing them or something. Look, Jesus said if you have faith, you can move a mountain. Anybody here ever move a mountain? Anybody know anyone who has moved a mountain? All right, so the reality is we don't have enough faith sometimes to get the things done that we want to get done. Do you get depressed about it? No, you just move on. You put your hope and trust in God. Uh, Sometimes God will give us a gift of faith. We need to pray sometimes for more faith, for the challenges that we're facing. Uh, But uh, don't get discouraged. And these people are in a time of great miracles. People are dramatically being touched and healed and all kinds of stuff. And in the midst of this, here's this lady, Tabitha, the sweet, sweet lady, get sick. Do you think they prayed for her? I think they did. They prayed for everybody. And oftentimes they would see miracles. And here she gets sick and then she dies. Again, we just gloss over it, but this had to be a little shocking to them. And by the way, don't get discouraged. Even these guys had times where they didn't get exactly what they asked for. Hello. Again, we don't know why God didn't heal her. Well, we can kind of know her. We'll get to the end of the story here, but uh, not everybody who got sick got healed. Is this the reality of it? Paul once r- writes about someone who was sick and then God eventually healed them. And he says, God just did this uh, so that I wouldn't be overcome with grief. You know, not everybody got everything all the time. So, well, how do we know? Well, we walk by faith and we just trust God whatever circumstance that we're in and God ask God to intervene Sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. It doesn't change. God is still God. Someone told me recently their faith was shaken because they didn't get what they prayed for. I said, really? Your faith is shaken. Don't you believe God created the heavens and the earth? Yeah. Don't you believe Jesus came into the earth and died for our sins? Yeah. Do you believe God raised him from the dead? Yes. Do you believe the Holy Spirit comforts us? Yes, I do. that's pretty much faith. But her faith was shaken. What is she's just upset because she didn't get what she wanted. Don't let your faith get shaken. God is bigger than you and he's smarter than all of us put together. He knows what's going on. So anyway, this poor lady, she gets sick. They're praying for her. They're trusting God and she dies. And then her body is washed and placed in an upstairs room. Lydda was near Joppa. So when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydda, they sent two men to him to urge him, please come at once. Now, we don't know why they sent for Peter. You would think they would have sent a little earlier (laughs) instead of waiting for her to die. She's really sick. They're not getting an answer. Let's call for Peter. But she dies. So are they asking for Peter to intervene in the midst of this death? or they're just asking him to come and to comfort people uh, because he was shepherding these people. And everybody is pretty blown away. They're, they're very sad, they're mourning. And they call out to Peter, please come at once. So Peter went with them. And when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. All the widows stood around him, and there were lots of widows uh, dur- during this time in life, uh, people had just very short lifespans. They died for all kinds of reasons. A lot of us today wouldn't be here, but for the incredible mer- medicine that we've been blessed with, right? And stuff that doctors can do. But there were a lot of widows and that they were drawn to Christianity because of the comfort and compassion that uh, the church gave uh, and poor people and stuff. One of the early criticisms of the early church is a bunch of Poor people and widows. That was, that was her thing. Okay. Um, so anyway, they're all there. They're, they stood around him. They're crying. They're showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. You can imagine the scene. This is heavy. They're crying. They're sad. They're just overwhelmed. Look, she did all these wonderful things and they're just bawling their eyes out and they are in a slight state of shock. So what does Peter do? Verse 40. Number one, Peter sent them all out of the room, and then he got down on his knees and prayed. Step number one, sometimes you just got to get everybody out. (laughs) Get them out and close the door, all right? And this I will say to moms, a word of encouragement. Sometimes when life is overwhelming, you need to get away from it all. Take a break. Throw everybody out. (laughs) Well, try not to throw your kids out, but whatever you got to do, just calm stuff down in your life. Take some breaks. You don't have to do everything all the time. It must be exhausting. I don't know how you do it. Most men couldn't handle it, but most men would take breaks. (laughs) A lot of women... Do not. Even some of you moms with these little chubby-faced monkeys in your life, do little tiny things, you know, and they just can suck the life out of you. <sighs> nonstop day and night. It can be exhausting, and then I'll you know, come to them and say, well, why don't you take them to your mom or somebody else and take a break? No, I, I can't. I don't know. This is weird. I don't know. I don't understand women. Clearly people think I do. <laughs> I don't know Jack. All right. That's why I said last week, just let him win. It's easier than trying to figure him out. All right. So, uh, but a lot of times women get overcome because they feel guilty. Moms with little kids feel guilty for taking a break. Really? If it were men staying at home with these little monkeys all day long, We would find ways to take breaks, I guarantee you, because we wouldn't feel guilty at all. We'd be thinking, oh, thank God. You know, take them over to Bob. Hey, Bob, what are you doing? Want an extra kid? Sure. All right, see you later. For some reason, we don't want to do it. I talk to them. They feel guilty and they're distressed out of their ever loving minds. And the kids, even even if your kid is a little demon, take a break. Well, I don't want to terrorize somebody else's home. Usually they don't. Do you know why? Because one of the reasons they're demons is they're sick of you. <laughs> I'm serious. All day long, they're battling you and it's always this thing. And it's not... I remember when <laughs> Leslie, she's not here, I don't think, but uh, she was an intense child. She had one level Argh! all the time. Uh, you can tell when she cried if, she, if, if she'd broken a leg or if a fly went past her eyes, you know, there was one version of crying ah, all the time. It was exhausting. When Phil came along, one of the first things we did is we'd hold him and say, look, he cries normally. <laughs> He'd have little cries or big cries. You can always tell the intensity of the moment by how much he cried. The first one we got, <laughs> none of that, just ah, all the time. And I would try and get Debbie, you know, let, take her somewhere. let call some girlfriends and let, no, 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 no. Either combination of guilt or of fear that the kid would burn their house down. And, you know, now we live in Illinois at the time. Our family was up in Wisconsin, so we didn't have any family close, but you know, it's great. It's, it's in the church. You can find family. Let me encourage you get connected with people. We had some older couples that absolutely adored that little red-headed girl. And they would say to us, why don't you, why don't you let her come over and spend the afternoon with us? And uh, we thought, we'd never do that to you because we care for you and we're not that highly insured, you know. And, uh, and uh, uh, they said, no, no, no. So I'll never forget. So she fi- they finally talked us into releasing the little rascal into their charge. And we went back several hours later, terrified and said, how did it go? They said, she was amazing. I said, no, no, our kid, how did it go? (laughs) You'll be shocked how oftentimes some little nightmare under your charge goes to someone else and they're an angel. Why? They're away from you. All right. Take a break. It's healthy for you. And the little monkey. Hear me, hear me. I expect no one to change, but I say it anyway. Sometimes you need to get people out. Close the door. Take a break. All of us. Sometimes things get crazy. Men as well. Your life gets a little nuts. Learn to shut the door. Take everybody. Get them out of your life. Some boundaries for heaven's sakes. Close the door. Why? He didn't hate them. Peter wasn't being mean or cruel to them. Just <laughs> go away for a little bit. Why? So he could pray. He got down and he prayed. It's hard to pray when everybody's around you. Going, he gets them out of the room and he prays. Now, we don't know how long he prayed. I don't know anything about this kind of faith. This is way out of my pay scale. I got to tell you right now. But he gets down and prayed. And then he turns toward the dead woman and said, Tabitha, get up. <laughs> no, I, I've never done that. I've had people ask me to do that. And I go, no. <laughs> Why not? Because I don't have that. I don't have a problem admitting I don't have that kind of faith. I can't lift a 500 pound anything. I have no problem admitting that either. I know my limitations. But Peter has this kind of faith. Undoubtedly, because he spent so much time with Jesus and seen this. And when Jesus was, with, this is more of a common event. This is a man who had this kind of faith. Why? He had seen it many times. To him, this is possible. The reason why it's hard for us to raise someone from the dead is that's just not possible in our head. But even in that situation, nothing is impossible to God. So he says to Tabitha, get up. And she opened her eyes. And Seeing Peter, she sat up uh, and he took her by the hand, helped her to her feet. And then he called for everybody that he threw out (laughs) to come back in, especially the widows, and presented her to them alive. So again, it's not about rejecting people forever. Sometimes you just got to get them out so what? So you can bless them, you know? If you're so weak and exhausted you can't be a blessing to anybody anyway, all right? And, and for the ladies, again, today's Mother's Day, talking about that. Some of you boys need to step up, you know, give her the break, okay? You will not die. It'll feel like you're dying, but it won't. Let her get healthy. There'll be more peace for you. Remember, happy wife, happy life. Anyway, he raises her from the dead. Wow, and, uh, and everybody was so happy, and this, this says, the next verse, became known all over Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord. I'll bet that's quite the testimony. And let me encourage you, when God does stuff for you, and we've had some pretty dramatic stories over the last several months. Some amazing prayers have been answered, healing prayers. Just, we're going to be sharing some of those uh, in the weeks to come. But uh, tell people, tell people. That gets people's attention. You have any kind of miracle, dramatic answer to prayer. Tell people. Because people want to know that there's a God. They may not believe it, but you know what's hard to de- debate? Is an answer. When you actually experience God, that's powerful to people. Because everyone wants to be able to experience God. They just don't think it's possible. The more that they hear that God does it, the more their faith. Even even to unbelievers, but particularly among the church, to share others so it can encourage their faith to know that God can do great and wonderful things because from this simple event, many people wind up, wound up coming to God. So anyway, in my wrap up here this morning, uh, learn to trust God, avoid above all else fear, conquer your fear so that you can get to faith. Hard to do both at the same time. All right? And and realize that God is watching out for you. And for those of us, and really everybody, a man shepherds his family, a pastor shepherds his flock, mothers shepherd their children. We're all shepherds at some point. Continue to do that, because when you're doing that, you're being the most like Jesus, because he is the good shepherd, right? But again, remember, sometimes you need to close the door, get everybody out, take a break, recharge. Why? So you can go back to be the shepherd God has called you to be. Amen. At this time, we're going to turn to our time of communion and invite our ushers to go get ready to serve the people. This is when we turn our attention to what our good shepherd did for us. He said, I lay down my life for the sheep. That's what he does for us. 2000 years ago, he was crucified on that cross. Uh, at any moment, he could have called 10,000 angels and they would have delivered him, but he didn't. He took the sins of the world, and the punishment for sin on himself. His body was broken so we could be whole. His blood was shed so it could wipe away all of our sins. And uh, this is what we celebrate during communion. And the Bible says before we take this, we should pause and examine ourselves. So let's do this. Let's all bow our heads as I pray a prayer of forgiveness over all of us. Heavenly Father, before we partake of the bread and the cup this morning and in obedience to the scriptures, We pause to examine ourselves. If we have sinned against you in any way, thought, word, or deed, by what we've done, maybe by something we didn't do that we should have done, if we've not loved you with our whole heart, if we've not loved our neighbors as ourselves, for the sake of your beloved son Jesus, who gave himself as a sacrifice for our sins, have mercy on us and forgive us of all our sins. And his heads are bowed and people are praying. Maybe you're here this morning and you're thinking, you know, I've never experienced anything like this in my life. Well, you can. Right now, in your own words, ask Jesus Christ to come into your life and to forgive you of all of your sins. And you can take your first steps of faith this morning and experience God in your life. Amen.